You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers. Not too long ago, two friends of mine were talking to a Cuban refugee, a businessman who had escaped from Castro. And in the midst of his story, one of my friends turned to the other and said, we don't know how lucky we are. And the Cuban stopped and said, how lucky you are. I had some place to escape to. And in that sentence, he told us the entire story. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. And this idea that government is beholden to the people, that it has no other source of power except the sovereign people, is still the newest and the most unique idea in all the long history of man's relation to man. This is the issue of this election. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. Man's own old age dream the ultimate in individual freedom consistent with law and order, or down to the ant heap of totalitarianism. And regardless of their sincerity, their humanitarian motives, those who would trade our freedom for security have embarked on this downward course. A time for choosing, that is Ronald Reagan, or was Iconic speech, and every word applies today. Every single word still applies. Derek is up. Hey, Derek Hunter, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. I went to a midnight showing of uh, Wakanda Forever last night, so I was asleep at 7 when you were calling, but your incessant vibrating of my phone did wake me up. I'm glad. How was Wakanda? Did you like it? I liked it better than I expected to. It's good. It was better than I thought it was because I'd read some negative reviews. I'm not one of those people you can spoil something for. If you tell me something's horrible and it's not worth seeing, if I wanted to see it, I'm still going to go see it. So it was it was much better than I thought. I was curious how they were going to handle the death of Chadwick Boseman, and they handled it well. Kind of hoping they'd have some outtakes or archival footage. They did use a little bit of archival footage, but I was hoping that they'd have some outtakes from some other movies and find a way to CGI him a little bit for a like a farewell. But they didn't do that. But it, it was it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Oh, glad to hear that, Derek. Now, Derek, you wisely avoided giving a prediction uh, prior to the election. Now that the elections are still on, by the way, this is a two-month election by the time all is said and done. 
we're hearing from California, it'll take till maybe after Thanksgiving before we get around to telling you who won some of these races. Um, what's your take? What a disaster. What a disaster. You're going to hear people, this is one of the things that politicians, and I'm writing about it now for tomorrow for Town Hall, one of the things that the political class does is they try to find a way to, forgive the crudeness, polish a turd. You can't polish a turd. This was a disaster. You're going to hear people, and you're already hearing people talking about, well, the Republicans won the national popular vote. And technically, if you count that ridiculous thing, it, they, they did. They won almost 52 million votes versus almost 47 million votes for Democrats. That and five bucks will get you a cup of coffee. It doesn't matter. You need the votes where you need the votes. And the Republicans failed to get them at uh, every step of the way. Why? Why, I don't know yet. I think part of the reason, if you really want to get technical, and I know you are a very pro-life man, James. I've known you for a very long time. You're very passionate on the subject. But I don't think Lindsey Graham did Republicans any favors with his 15-week abortion ban. It was something, if you remember back when the Dobbs decision had leaked, uh, the left went absolutely crazy and there was no group of people with more energy to go out and vote. Then the decision was actually released in June and the left took to the streets and they were going to vote and they were they were mobilized. And then by July, people were going to fewer protests because it cost so much to fill up your car and it cost a whole lot of money to feed your family. And the anger subsided and shifted toward inflation, toward the economy, towards the president, towards the Democrats. Lindsey Graham's bill then nationalized it again, ripped the scab off and reminded people who were angry at something else that they were also angry at this. Democrats then strategically put pro-abortion measures on ballots across the country, much the way that Republicans did with gay marriage measures in 2004. And it worked. You had a threat. You had decades and decades, my whole lifetime, of conservatives saying, Roe v. Wade, whatever you think of the morality of abortion, it's a horribly decided decision, and it has no business being the federal government. It, if you repeal Roe v. Wade, it will go back to the states. And that's exactly what happened. And then Lindsey Graham said, but I'm going to make it federal. That forced every Republican to have to answer for it. That gave every Democrat a target to shoot for. And it was wildly stupid. If Lindsey Graham wanted to do that and violate the principles of conservatism as far as federalism goes, he could have introduced a piece of legislation today rather than before the election. He did it when it suited him rather than when it suited the party, or he's just strategically incredibly stupid and thought it would help. Derek, I think that's a brilliant piece of analysis. Let me... I think that this entire Republican Party needs to be reworked from the ground up. Mm. I think that we, I I said in the last hour that I think the Republican Party needs to actually study the way that successful sports teams operate and start using metrics a lot better. I mean, you have some candidates here who deserved to have a push. They were in elections that they could have won. They were denied funding. The funding 
in some cases, we were told we're pulling out of certain races. We're pulling out of the airtime that we that we uh, had scheduled because we don't mm-hmm. want to fund these guys. These are races in some cases that could have been won. I believe that could have been won. We don't know for sure. Um, if you look at the arbitrary nature of how money gets thrown around, donor money in the Republican Party, well, if Mitch and his Superboys like you, then we'll give you some money. If Mitch and the Superboys don't like you, then screw you. And mm. the same thing goes for the NRCC, the NRSC. All of these groups collectively raise millions and millions of dollars. They distribute it to the buds. They dis- distribute it to the, the to the. I'm sorry. It's like the old boys club. If you if you're a member in good standing in the old boys club, then you'll get some money. If you happen to be an upstart. If you happen to be, for instance, uh, one of the people that they think is a Trump guy and they don't like the Trump guy, then screw you and screw the It's not what's good for the party. It's good for what Mitch and the boys want. Now, am I wrong about this or not? Well, you're not wrong about it, but you're only looking at part of the problem. Everywhere, everybody chooses their where their money goes. Every group, every super PAC, every... Every uh, interest group, every uh, faction within the party. Yes, Mitch McConnell raised somewhere between 200 and 400. I've seen numbers between 200 and 400 million dollars. And he spent it all. And if you look at the results, it's not working out all that great. Uh, Rick Scott spent somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 million dollars. It sounds like an enormous sum. And either one of us would be more than happy to have it. But it is a finite amount of money. Where do you put it and when do you put it? Monday morning quarterbacking is great. Uh, the, the former President Trump raised $100 million and, and spent, according to reports, $15 million of it. Was that effective? I don't know. I, you, until the dust settles and you see where the money went and where the money was effective, because where the money went is irrelevant. You can throw good money after bad. At, I, I'm not sure any amount of money would have helped with the governor's race in in Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. How example. about New York? New York, it may have made a difference, but again, you're dealing with a deep blue state. What? It's impossible to know. You know that it's and impossible to. Know. I do know that, but in a deep blue state, Lee Zeldin had enough energy that we may have the 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 Congress decided by the number of New York seats that were flipped. Now, who thought that was possible going in? That wasn't even forecast as a possibility. No, but it was. It. Yeah. But I, I okay. also would have thought that, you know, throughout, I thought Tudor Dixon stood a chance. It was close-ish. It's close in a way that a football game where a team loses 52 to uh, 40 is close. But it's not really close in the grand scheme of things. And ultimately, like my father used to say, whether you lose by one or one million, it doesn't matter. It's a loss. Whether you win by one or one million, it doesn't matter. It's a win. And frankly, we're sitting here a week after the election, James, and we don't know who's going to control the House. It looks like it's probably going to be Republicans, but I'm not confident in that anymore. I was confident in that for the last few days, but the way things are going with the Senate races, with the governor's races, nothing would surprise me. We need. I heard uh-huh. you talking about we need to reform elections. It needs to happen on the state level. 
you can sit there and say Mitch McConnell needs to do something, Kevin McCarthy needs to do something. They can say something. They can use their the extent they have a bully pulpit. But we can't sit there and say we can't pass this Democrat voting bill. It's uh, elections are a state issue when the Democrats want to push something, and then suddenly for us. They go, we need to get rid of all these things on a national level. No, on a state level, they need to get rid of ballot harvesting. Or Repu- But until then, James, Republicans need to get damn good at ballot harvesting. Republicans need to push to get rid of vote-by-mail exclusivity and ease. But until then, they need to get damn good at it. Well, here's the only thing that I will disagree with you about, Derek, on that. I mean, what you're saying makes sense. But here's the way I look at it. In 1964, we had what? The Voting Rights Act. Mm -hmm. Now, the Voting Rights Act was put up to make sure that black people could have the quote-unquote right to vote. And And in that Voting Rights Act, they specifically targeted states that were then run by Democrats that were racist as can be in terms of their policies. And they said federal legislation is needed to ensure that every vote counts. If the Democrats can do this, we can do it, too. We can just come up and say, here, Voting Rights Act, people are being disenfranchised by this two-month election cycle that is riddled with doubt and no confidence in the election. And by the way, here are some states like Arizona. Year after year, we have to put up with this garbage, and we're not going to do it anymore. And there are going to be federal monitors on Maricopa County. There are going to be federal monitors on Filthy Delphia. Excuse me, those of you who live in Philadelphia. There are going to be federal monitors. I mean, look, one of the things I loved about DeSantis, by the way, uh, Biden tried to send down his DOJ to go into certain and, and uh, certain um, election centers in Florida and DeSantis people said, no, you're not. You don't. The law says you can't come in here and no, you're not coming in here. But we can nationalize some of these issues because they do disenfranchise. Look, if they, and, and the concept is if, if you have questionable elections being held in Maricopa County, every voter in the United States is theoretically disenfranchised by potential fraud because it invalidates their vote to a certain degree. I mean, look, it may not pass muster, but we could at least try. James, you sound like a Democrat a week ago, and you sound like a Democrat for the for the for the past year when they wanted to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act and all the other crap that they wanted to run. We need to remind people, first of all, that the Voting Rights Act was passed to protect people from Democrats, to protect black people from Democrats. Absolutely. Never forget that. We also need to point out that um, we we can't, I mean, we could do those things, but if ultimately we'd lose, you'd really have a chance to make a difference if you do it on the state level. We don't have the votes right now. I agree with you. We might not even have the House. So then you go to the Republican states and you push it. You need to get rid of ranked choice voting. Get rid of that crap in Maine. Get rid of that in Alaska. We can get rid of it in Alaska because we have the votes. Get rid of it there. And then campaign against it everywhere. It started off in Maine. It's a stupid idea. It's an anti-democratic idea. 
and you need to uh, just repeal it, and you need to make sure as other states consider it, it's somehow somehow more democratic, that you kill that before it, you want to kill the first cancer cell. You don't want to have to have a giant tumor removed, although you want that too, but you want to kill the first cancer cell, and you, Republicans are not very good at seeing the end of the path. The end of the path that seems to be over the cliff most of the time, and we sit around and twiddle our thumbs and decide to uh, play a different game. I don't know. Voting by mail is here right now. It shouldn't be, but it is. And unless and until you can get rid of it, you have to deal with that situation. There are Just imagine a, a tax deduction that you think is absolute garbage. And I'm sure, I mean, the tax code is so ridiculous that I'm sure there are plenty of things that everybody listening is ab, thinks absolute garbage. But if suddenly you find yourself in a pitch position where you can avail yourself of that tax deduction, you'd be a damn fool not to take it. You can advocate for the repeal of something while availing yourself of the use of it. It's not hypocritical. It's the law of the land, and as long as it's the law of the land, use it. You can fight to change it at the same time. So I think you need a two-track thing. Change the laws, but that's going to be a long slog because they weren't changed overnight. Until then, use them and get better at it. You. I, agree with, I agree with you. I want to just say one more thing, then we got to go to a break, and I want you to hold on because i got a few more. I want to ask you when we come back from the break about the new war between Trump and everybody. Um, <laughs> no, you can't wait for that, Trump hater. Um, <laughs> I really do enjoy being slandered first thing in the morning. <laughs> uh, Derek, I want to ask you about this. Look, we live in the most technologically advanced nation on earth. Do you have clear? Do you use clear when you go to, to the airport and whatever? I use clear. I, I had that and the uh, TSA pre-check or whatever, both of them. Yeah, me too. Okay. So you go through, you put your little fingers on the thing, or you look into the scanner and, and it sees your eyes and it says, oh, it's James. Okay, go to the front of the line. All right. What the hell? We can't employ biometrics. We can't fingerprint and have firm voter ID. Voter ID you, is one You can thing. use your phone to scan in QR codes. You can take your people send their driver's licenses, their whatever, to whoever needs it right now electronically. You mean to tell me that we cannot use the technology at hand that we already have on our mobile devices to actually secure the vote and to secure ballots? Uh, there are a whole bunch of people recoiling in horror at the idea of the federal government or even the state government having access to your biometric information in order Get for you to Get over it. They have access to it already. You can vote. You can use your driver's license. That's a pretty good way to do it. Do it by proxy. Do not have some 80-year-old retiree who's working one day for elections having access to it. Your grandkid decides that he wants to come by and see grandma at work shoves a thumb drive in there and downloads everybody's biometric data. There are ways to do it. We don't need to go down the tech. Sometimes the old ways work better. Hey, do you have a government-issued photo ID? You do? All right, you've just pretty well proven who you are. We can go down that road. There are people who won't do Ancestry.com or the swab of their, their mouth because they don't want a company to have access to their DNA. You really wanted a press turnout, and frankly, the turnout that I suspect conservatives need 
go that route. But a photo ID is not a bridge too far. It's the left that tells you that black people are incapable of getting it. I do love the idea that black people are incapable of getting a photo ID or there's this large swath of people anywhere of any color who don't have one. Democrats will burn all sorts of calories preventing photo ID from being used in driving. If they spent 10 percent of those calories finding the 12 people in the country who somehow can't get a photo ID and get them a photo ID, they will have immeasurably improved the lives of every single person they get a photo ID of. But they don't care about that. They're not interested in those people being able to, I don't know, get employment, bank, travel or anything like that, or even buy a beer ridiculous but no you i don't think that biometrics are the way to go there's a lot of things short of that that we can do first and we need to be using blockchain too james golden aka snurdly <laughs> he laughs go with crypto <laughs> yeah i know what we could do we could put ftx in charge of that one <laughs> anyway. yeah, what could go wrong James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. Derek Hunter is going to stay with us so he can talk about Donald Trump, Trump hater. When we get back, don't go. Uh, both Snurley Saturday morning extravaganza here on WABC. Don't go away. Coming right back. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, is on the air. 77 WABC. Gloria Estefan. Brings us back here on 77 WABC. Live for loving you. Nice musical break there from the Miami sound of Gloria Estefan. Derek Hunter is on the phone with us. All right, Derek, you started this business a few weeks ago. Oh, hold, on, Trump- hold on, hold on, hold on, hold, hold, hold on. I, I, I love the way you just play the, the intro music for freaking ever, but that reminds I'm not a super big fan of Gloria Estefan and the Miami sound machine, but I was just sitting there thinking, do you remember the movie Running Scared, probably 1985? I remember the title. I don't think I saw it. 
Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal. Tells you just how there's a lot of career. They go down into the uh, the Keys and have a vacation montage there. But um, that music fits right perfectly in there. And it just tells you how different a world we live in now where there was a movie made where Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal played tough, on-the-edge cops. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wow, you try to make that movie now and it would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, Derek. Okay, you started it. And now Trump and DeSantis are fighting. And so what's your take on the big Trump? Well, DeSantis isn't fighting. He's not engaging. I was going to say, you're you're wrong about that. It is Trump who is fighting. I want to read for you the first paragraph, actually just the first sentence, which is an entire freaking paragraph of Trump's statement the other day. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Quote, <clears throat> News Corp, which is Fox, the Wall Street Journal, and the no longer great New York Post, parenthesis, bring back call, C-O-L, exclamation point, parenthesis, is all in for Governor Ron DeSanctimonious, an average Republican governor with great public relations who didn't have to close up his state but did, unlike other Republican governors whose overall numbers for a Republican, were just average, middle of the pack, including COVID, and who has the advantage of sunshine where people from badly run states up north would go no matter who the governor was, just like I did, exclamation point. Uh, I have sneezed more coherent sentences than that. It was an unprovoked attack. It was absolutely unnecessary and bizarre, too, in the time when this was being sent out by the former president. Ron DeSantis was dealing with a, a hurricane that was devastating the the east coast of the state, causing massive erosion and building damage and everything just on the heels of Hurricane Ian. It seems as though anybody with an inner monologue would have said, now's probably not the time. Anybody with, a, I don't know, an advisor they actually listen to would say, this can wait. It's not necessary. It's not about to expire. But he couldn't help himself. And then he goes after Glenn Youngkin. Now, there's very few people who are less threatening politically than Glenn Youngkin. They just are. His statement is even more bizarre about Youngkin because it seemed out of the blue. Youngkin, two separate words for some weird reason. Now, that's an interesting take, he writes. Sounds Chinese, doesn't it? I suppose technically it does if you think of it in those terms. But apropos of nothing, you know, moving a coffee cup across a, a table can sound like a fart. It doesn't mean it's a fart. But, okay, in Virginia, could have, uh, have, couldn't have won without me. I endorsed him. Did a very big rally for him telephonically, which means he made a phone call. Uh, got MAGA to vote for him, or he couldn't have come close to winning, but he knows that and admits it, besides having a hard time with Dems in Virginia. But he'll get it done. Now, I don't know what in the hell the point of that statement is at the end, but he'll get it. Get what done? What are you talking about? It's like walking up to an old lady on the street and punching her upside the head. Now, I understand that in New York that happens all the time, uh, but in politics, you don't generally fire down your own trench. Donald Trump seems to be firing down his own trench. 
But it's the biggest problem, I think, for Trump isn't the unprovoked, unnecessary and ill-timed attacks against his fellow Republicans. I don't even think Youngkin is thinking of running. It's that uh, it, it, the shtick has worn thin, I think. You're laughing at it. But it, it's not the same kind of laugh as it was in 2016. Little Marco and Sleepy, this one, and, and corrupt Hillary, and whatever. All those things. The sting is gone. For a while, you know this. This is right in your wheelhouse. For a while in the 70s, my God, there was nothing cooler than Arthur Fonzarelli. People walked around and said, A, A, A. And then he jumped the shark eventually, and the thumbs up and the hitting of the jukebox didn't really do it anymore. They they tried to change it so desperately they burned down Arnold's and rebuilt it. In the 70s and 80s, there were all these catch Every sitcom had a catchphrase or tried to. And if those catchphrases caught on, the show could be a hit for a while. But Different Strokes, as popular as it was when it first started, and he's going, what you talking about, Willis? died out by season five and you got Gary Coleman going through puberty going, what you talking about, Willis? It lost its charm and the show didn't adapt. Donald Trump hasn't adapted. It's not to say that he can't, but it is to say that I think he needs to, at least somewhat, because this shtick, aside from the poor timing, is wearing thin and landing flat with a lot of people, James. <clears throat> Trump hater. Um, <laughs> I figured I'd give you some red meat. You woke me up. I figured I'd get your blood pumping. Yeah, I'm going to go with Wakanda. You know, just whatever. Derek, I'm not going to even comment on it. I just wanted to hear people with, with you. Derek, you're brilliant. Um, and, and, folks, I do put Derek. I asked Derek to come on the show because I really enjoy speaking with him. He has a brilliant mind. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Derek Hunter was the very last new guest host that we used with the Rush Limbaugh program, sat in for Rush, when Rush was um, was was ill. And we will always thank him for that. And, and Derek and I have known each other a very long time. This man has one of the most brilliant political minds of anybody. And one day, Derek, I want, I want you to tell people about yourself one day, because your history, how many jobs have you had? Seriously, <laughs> not kidding. How, how many jobs have you had during your lifetime? It's somewhere in the neighborhood of 77. And he's a young man. And it wasn't because he was fired. It was because Derek has... A lot of it was because it was fired. There's plenty of... You don't get 77 jobs without being fired from a lot of them. But for example, I was a waitress. I was a, a, a maid. I worked for Merry Maids for one hour. I watched the training video and, and walked out and said, this isn't for me. They mailed me a check. You, you name it, I've, I've done it. Roofing, concrete work, waiting tables, to think tank, to being a policy analyst. You... You can't I, – I've done it all except for anything that stuck or paid well. <laughs> Derek Hunter, thanks so much. We appreciate Thank you. We're going to call you next Saturday, Derek Hunter, and people can find your books on Amazon. He's an amazing author. You can read his column at Town Hall. He does a radio show, but we never give the call letters and um, like that. But he does. Thanks. He's in the Baltimore area. Yes. Um, <laughs> Derek, thank you, thank James. You. I was always insulted by you first thing in the morning. <laughs> we appreciate you, Derek. We'll catch you All later. Right. There's Golden AK Star. We're coming back right after this. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.